0: Good morning, and welcome to another Facebook Live session. With me, my name's Sarah, and in a minute we'll be speaking to Jason Perry, Managing Director at ASL Recruitment in Hastings. Jason is an HR specialist, and he is also a Chartered Fellow of the Chartered Institute of Personnel and Development. Finally, getting to grips with that one. So um, every uh, every other week we get together and we discuss what's been going on in the news and how it's going to affect uh, employees and, and workers. And uh, we've had quite a lot to talk about lately. So this week is no exception. With no further ado, let me bring Jason into the conversation. Good morning, Jason. Are you there?
1: Good morning, Sarah. I am indeed. How are you?
0: Very well, thank you. And you?
1: Very well indeed, thanks.
0: Great. OK, so we've got quite a bit to get through today because we've had yet more changes. Um, let's start with changes to the national living wage because this is good news for a lot of people. It, it
1: is. Um well, you say it's good news. It, it, it's interesting news. Rishi Sunak has been busy with his uh, uh, winter statement, I think it was described as, uh, middle of this week. And he's done something that I think is very good overall, but some of the lower paid workers are going to perhaps feel this is not all that fair. What was happening is the national living wage, which applies for people over 25, um, Many people will know it was 872. Um, in April, it was scheduled to go up, and it was scheduled to go up by quite a large amount. And the feeling was the economy couldn't support it. We're at a point where many, many businesses are struggling, um, and it's really a question of how are we going to get through this period. And if we continued that high increase, would people actually be able to afford to pay for it? So what Rishi Sunak's done, two things. One, there is an increase, it's 2.2%, so it's about in line with inflation. So from April, the living wage will go up to £8.91. Just trying to check I can remember that figure correctly there. £8.91. But the interesting bit that I think is really good is the age at which it applies to is going to change too. So it will now apply to people from the age of 23. So for... You know, people in that two year sector, just under 25, they're going to feel the benefit of that increase quite significantly this year. Um, it's balanced. So, yes, we get an increase for workers, but it's actually moderated the effect on employers. So I think many of those employers that have had such a horrendous year are not going to think, oh, we really can't afford this. We need to make some job cuts. So I think in balance, it's good. But it might not feel it if it's your wages and you were hoping to get a bigger increase this year.
0: Um, I th- yes, well, it's, it hasn't exactly been a, a, an ordinary year, has it? So um, No.
1: Um, and I, do you know, you look particularly, there are some sectors that are so badly hit, Sarah. Um, the hospitality sector is still desperately struggling. No doubt we'll come on to uh, bubbles and lockdowns and tears in a moment. But um, it's going to continue to struggle for some months to come. And to try and ask pubs or coffee shops to reopen um, and pay their staff a big extra increase is perhaps something that will force many of them out of business. So I think in balance, it's about right. I think it's a good move. But, yeah, it's going to feel a little uncomfortable for them, some of those people who are struggling.
0: Okay, so that actually brings us on quite nicely to, uh, to something else uh, because there are changes to the redundancy rules, I believe. Um, there are.
1: Um, And this is quite an interesting, well, I say it's quite interesting. It's quite interesting if you're me, I think is probably the answer to that. Um, You may recall a few weeks ago, we talked about the changes to JSS when we thought that was coming in from the beginning of November. And under the furlough scheme, you could make somebody redundant and you could actually use the furlough pay to subsidize their notice period. So whereas the government paid 80% of the wages, um, you had to top it up to 100%, pay the final 20% as an employer, and you could use that for the individual's notice. You then had as the employer to pay the redundancy yourself. JSS was going to change all that. Then we went back to furlough, as you'll remember, um, and the government have now announced that from the 1st of December, you cannot be on furlough whilst you are on notice period. So it's not just redundancy. If you resign, if you're fired, or if you're made redundant, you have to be taken off furlough for that period of your redundancy notice and paid full pay.
0: Okay, well, I mean, ultimately, furlough is is kind of a nickname. This is supposed to be the job retention scheme, isn't it? So, you know, this this all kind of falls in line with, with that premise.
1: It does. The key word there is retention. This is about keeping jobs open. And we've now got it up until March, we believe. So this is about keeping jobs open, so that people have something to go back to. And clearly, it's been very difficult for many employers and redundancies have happened. But it really is about saving jobs, not about destroying them.
0: Okay, so now we're talking, we've been talking, well, everybody's been talking about tears. Uh, because lockdown comes to an end next week and uh, and there is a, a tier system in place or will be coming into place. And there's been a lot of discussion over who's in which tier and why. Yes. And
1: bubbles. Um, and bubbles, bubbles seems to be the other interesting one at the moment. Um, we um, here in East Sussex are moving up a level into tier two. Um it doesn't really mean that much from an employment perspective. I mean, one of the big things to get out of this is Tier 1 didn't really work. Um, and that's, that's I think, the really clear thing. So we had three tiers before. Tier 1 did pretty much nothing, so everybody in Tier 1 naturally got worse. They were then put into Tier 2, which kind of held it level. Um, and Tier 3 has been demonstrated to have an effect at lowering it. So I think everywhere but Cornwall and... The Isle of Wight, I think, um, are now in tier two or tier three. So we're there. The big things I would say from a work point of view are back to the work from home if you're able to. Um, Really key point. So uh, that's, that's right there at the start of it. Other than that, we've still got all the kind of things about social distancing. It clearly has a bigger impact for anyone who works in the hospitality sector. As we have the ongoing um, pubs, restaurants, so on, can only serve alcohol with a substantial meal, Um, so that's going to have an impact on a large sector there.
0: But at least they are open. I mean, that's that's in tier two. I mean, for me, it's quite surprising. London is tier two. Um, Yes. Kent is tier three. Yes, it Um, is. In spite of the fact that it's a huge county. and not all of it is showing the same kind of infection rates as other parts of it. which yes, is I've, I've Yes.
1: It, so. um, I, I, you've probably seen the one floating around on Facebook that says tier one equals beer, tier two equals beer with food, and tier three equals no beer. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, it's a difficult setup for anyone who's affected by it. Um, Kent has a bit of a problem because of an area on the north Medway coast where rates are very high. But there's a village on the outskirts of Tunbridge Wells called Groombridge, I don't know if you're familiar with, um, where the village actually straddles Kent and Sussex. And there is a pub at each end of the high street, one in East Sussex and one in Kent. And One of them has to be closed. And the people, I, I think there's actually a river and a little bridge over the, the the dividing line, but the people in Kent aren't allowed to cross the bridge and go into the pub. <laughs> Uh, it sometimes feels a little bit crazy but i think the difficulty is however you try and manage something like this you have to have a set of rules a principle and they have to apply to everybody and you know it's tough
0: yes particularly considering the distance between grimbridge and north medway Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, Tunbridge Wells is very, very low case numbers, I understand. Um, Interestingly, I've been looking, a number of people will have the Zoe app, the King's College and Wellcome Foundation um, app. And if you look on there right now, certainly Rother and Hastings, which is where most of the people we're talking to, I guess, will be really is escalating quite highly at the moment i was genuinely surprised when i discovered the number of cases estimated in Rother is more than the number of estimated cases in croydon when you measure it in percentage terms they measure it in number of people per million and i think it's something like 569 per million um, whereas croydon is only 560 per million You'd think, and looking over the past few weeks, Croydon would be a place where there's a lot of COVID. But uh, you know, a rural area like Rother, on numbers terms, on percentage terms, seems to be matching it. And Hastings is pretty much the same.
0: It's it's strange, isn't it? Because just a few weeks ago, uh, actually, there was a piece I think in the Hastings Observer talking about um, because because of the way public transport and stuff is, is set up in Hastings, because various villages are quite disparate, um, you've got, um, fewer, you have got fewer cases, yep. basically, because people don't mix as much, and yet this now isn't faring out at all, is it?
1: <laughs> You're right, but this actually comes back to the point that the government have been making this week, which Tier 1 didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. And if you leave the virus um, you know, with no action, it expands, it grows. And it may take longer to do so, um, but it's growing. There are cases there. And one of the things we've seen, um, and it really is in the last week or two, clients of ours are talking to us and saying, coming for advice and saying, we've now got somebody who is self-isolating. Um, you know, we've got somebody whose partners you know, uh, got the virus, or even they've got people on the staff who now have the virus and are isolating. Um, we didn't see much of that months ago. Hastings has been a very low place of it. There is beginning to feel like there's more of it out there.
0: Yes, um, it's um, the nature of the beast, really, isn't it? Absolutely. So, yeah. Okay. So, uh, so just to just to as a quick kind of roundup of that, um, the national living wage is going up. Not as much indeed. as we were hoping it was going to, but uh, but it is going up. And the age at which you're you're eligible for it is actually coming down, which is great news, particularly as young people have been quite badly affected yes. um, by, uh, by COVID and job losses and, and all the rest of it. So um, East Sussex is in tier two. Not really sure if that's actually a yay moment or not.
1: <laughs> I think the thing to add there, Sarah, is various places in tier two may end up in tier three. Um, the good news and the really good news, I know you always like ending on good news, is we have so much hope and optimism there on the vaccines. We now have three vaccines that look like they're coming out. Um, they're actually planning on starting vaccinating on the 7th of December. Mm. So it really is you know, a week away, we're talking, um, that we're actually going to start treating people Um The amount of doses we bought is huge. So between the three vaccines we have access to, by the time we get towards Easter, we should be at a large proportion of the population who want the vaccine able to access it.
0: Yes, which is going to make a huge difference all the way around. Not only is it for business confidence, but also for the businesses that have had to close and, and hopefully will be allowed to open again. So, yes, fantastic. Um, you know, the light is at the end of the tunnel, as we say. OK, so um, that's about all we have time for today, Jason. So I'm going to leave it on that positive note. Thank you to everybody who's joined us today. Um, if you have any questions at all regarding um how you're being affected by the various changes, uh, do drop uh, ASL a line. You can get them at hastings at aslgroup.co.uk or give the team a call on 01424 452999. In the meantime, thank you for joining us and we will be back in two weeks time with a roundup of uh, the latest things that are sure to happen in the next couple of weeks. So, Jason, thank you very much for your time and we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Thanks, Sarah. Bye-bye. Thank you then. Bye-bye.